The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to the season finale of the Central City Citizen, a PoppyChuloRadio.com original series. PoppyChulo Radio, celebrating a decade of podcasting excellence. Today is Wednesday, July 21st, 2021, and I'm your host, Professor X. During this podcast, we'll be having an in-depth discussion on the CW's The Flash. Please welcome my co-host, Dimitri Rejasinger. What's good, Central City? And Jeffrey Aruz. Shway, baby. Let's jump into our discussion of Season 7, Episode 18, which was titled Heart of the Matter, Part 2, and aired July 20th, 2021. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. The Flash enlists a host of speedster allies, including Iris and his children from the future, Bart and Nora West Allen, to end the speedster war and defeat a deadly new adversary, the villainous Godspeed. Okay, let's get into it. The episode opens with Bart still in a coma. Uh, on the road into Central City, Joe and Kramer flee their car as Godspeed clones uh, fight uh, escalates in front of them. But the real action is inside August's mind, because remember, at the end of last episode, Barry went into Godspeed's mind. Barry confronts August about what he wants. After toying with Barry for a bit, August, a.k.a. Godspeed, reveals that what he wants is organic speed. He's been beaten by Bart in the future with his artificial speed, and he wants the real thing. August refers to himself as the god of speed, and he thinks he's the only one worthy of it. If Barry doesn't give him organic speed, as opposed to his artificial speed he has now, he will destroy Central City and the world. He also reveals that his current memory loss isn't an act. Uh, Dimitri, let's talk about that opening scene. How did you like how Godspeed was presented, uh, you know, both in terms of the performance of the actor and, you know, the, the set that he was in? Uh, and what did you think overall of this encounter? Because this is really our first encounter with the real McCoy. Godspeed has been talked about for several seasons. This was our first exposure to him. Yeah, yeah. Um, It does feel a little repetitive. I'm not going to lie. You know, Savitar was the god of speed. Now this dude's the god of speed. Like... It it does feel like we need a different motivation besides I want speed. Like, that's been a villain motivation since Series 2. Um, I'm conflicted between how much I blame the writers and how much I blame the actor because this was so, so over the top. And, you know, I was almost excited um, from last episode. You know, we sort of get this stark contrast between a guy who looks just very confused and some guy who definitely gives like criminal mastermind vibes when he's like seated in his throne waiting for Barry to show up. And then the moment um, like he starts talking more, it's like, you're not worthy and and all this crap that we've heard so much before. And it's very, very overdone. So um, yeah, I, I was optimistic uh, last episode, but I felt like this intro was a bit of a letdown. Uh, Jeff, I'm going to come to you for your opinion on uh, Godspeed as a villain in a second. But first, I want to talk about uh, how we get up to something that happens in a moment. Back in Star Labs, uh, Barry explains uh, to everyone what Godspeed wants, real speed. Uh, Nora insists they have to give it to him to save Bart and Central City, but Barry disagrees. Elsewhere, Cecile talks to August, who does not have his memory, but is now aware that he's a monster. And Cecile was monitoring his discussion with Barry uh, and realizes that he's going to become a monster as well. Cecile tells him the bad guys don't feel the kind of remorse that August is feeling, and maybe the future isn't set in stone. Jeff, uh, Dimitri was just talking about how uh, you know August was played as Godspeed. How did you like how both sides of August were played? The villainous version in, in, in Barry's, in his mind, uh, and the version of August that we're seeing here. And did you, like me, think they were setting up a different ending with this scene with Cecile? Oh, totally. Uh, I disagree with Dimitri. Uh, I mean, shocker. But uh, I did like 
the actor's characterization of Godspeed. I mean, his name is Godspeed. So him talking about being, you know, the god of speed. It's not that shocking, to me at least. Uh, I thought the over-the-top nature of the actor being Godspeed in the mindscape, uh, there was an excellent line from a gentleman that tweets about a man spreading that he did not reference in the damn podcast. That would have been funny. Um, Dimitri. Uh, but um, <laughs> the, but he, I, I thought his over-the-top nature suited the storyline because... This is a four-episode storyline arc, and uh, we didn't get sort of like the natural build-up that we did, uh, I don't even want to talk about it, but you know, like the Forces arc, or uh, if we want to go back to better times with Bloodwork, or the Mirror Monarch. Like, we had like a gradual introduction to those villains, and we got to see sort of like their descent into villainy. This dude is already a villain. And yes, we had gotten like little bits and pieces and tastes of, you know, Godspeeds being sent back in time and them being thwarted and all that kind of stuff for the past season or two. But we only have four episodes with this character. So him being over the top, being like ridiculously maniacal and all that kind of stuff, I actually kind of dug just because he went from zero to like a billion within the span of a second. And I think the reason why I enjoyed the interpretation in the Mindscape so much was because the interpretation in the real world with, you know, this innocent of August Hart that doesn't have his memories, that doesn't know who he is. Am I a bad person? I need to find out. You know, we believe in you. You can choose your future. Like, all of that, he was just so nice. Like, he was so innocent. Like, you know, you just wanted to root for him. You wanted to root for him into not becoming Godspeed so much that I, I dug both sides of the coin. And I do agree with you, Professor. I thought this was going to end in a very different way than this episode ended. I mean, we got some spectacular visuals later on, so there was that. But I really thought they were going to, like, change the future. That, you know, his good side was going to overcome the... Um, the darkness that was within him that made him this maniacal speed junkie, for lack of a better word. I thought much of the same thing, but with a somewhat darker turn, I thought good August would kill himself to prevent himself becoming Godspeed. And that would, as you said, uh, you know, affect the future. Uh, they didn't go that route. We'll get into uh, what they did in the future. But yeah, um, uh, I really thought that uh, conversation with Cecile, uh, I thought it would be that this this August, as opposed to Godspeed, uh, who, you know, is, is missing his memory, but seems, you know, an entirely inoffensive character. Um, I thought somewhat uh, analogous to what we saw with uh, with Forza uh, earlier in the season, someone who was afraid of what they might become. Uh, and would perhaps take steps to, to prevent that happening, which, you know, would be an interesting, uh, you know, approach to take, perhaps a, a bit dark for a uh, an Arrowverse show, however. I mean, that uh, was season one. True. Yeah. And Dimitri does love him some Fuerza. Uh, Barry's does. plan involves putting together a team, so he brings in the Speed Force Nora, or Big Nora, or SFN, whatever you prefer. Uh, she gives them all a boost, including Iris, as she has a spark of the Speed Force. She also brings Bart back, uh, and Bart has a touching moment with Jay, calling him Uncle Jay, and of course Jay Garrick, because he hasn't gone through this relationship, is a little taken aback by it, though he says he likes the sound of it. Dimitri, how'd you like the Speed team, uh, the scene of bringing the whole team together, uh, and getting Iris to suit up again? Loved it. Um, I thought it was great how they sort of navigated that um, moment. That interaction between Bart and Jay is exactly what I've been wishing this whole time that they would do between the Flash kids and the Flash parents. Because the Flash kids um, meet like Barry and Iris and Barry and Iris immediately turn into these like early 50s parent characters. Whereas, like, um, Jay is like, what? Uh, I don't actually know you, but um, this is cool. Uh, which was nice. And, like, um, we saw even last episode, I think, someone said, like, oh, Godspeed always kills the ones we love the most. And Jay's like, oh, hold up, that was me? 
dope. Like it, it was cute. Um, it, it had an authenticity that I think you know was missing from I think the initial moments between the the kids and Barry and Iris. Um, but I did love seeing the whole Flash family together. Uh, been rooting for Iris to suit up again, and I think it was great that we got to see her do that. Um, and yeah, um, I think this automatically had me feeling better about like, okay, this is not going to be a talk no jitsu because they wouldn't suit up all these characters to do that. So this is going to be like a more action packed finale. Which it certainly was. Uh, but before we get to the action pack finale, Chester finds Allegra and gives her a much needed pep talk. He points out that Esperanza made her decision, which was to start a war. But Allegra has the chance to help end one, which is pretty obvious, but it was something that Allegra clearly needed to hear. And it ended with a hug. So, Jeff, you shameless shipper, uh, what did you think of the scene? Does this mean the end of Mopi Allegra? And is uh, Allegster something we should expect next season? Oh, God, that's a horror. Or Chestra, if you prefer, but I think Chestra sounds like, uh, you know, uh, you know, a fat substitute. Chalegra, come on, man. Chalegra? Chalegra, not bad. Oh, actually, I could dig Chalegra. That actually works. A legster sounds... I don't even know what that sounds like, but it just sounds wrong. Um, okay. It sounds like an app that you use to look up women's legs. <laughs> there you go. A legstra. Or like a, well, it wouldn't be foot fetish. It would be like a leg fetish, yeah. Because it would actually have feet. Anyway, um, too much thought into that. I will say this. I liked Chester. This was Chester's, um, it wasn't a talk no jitsu because it's not like he was talking down a bad guy. But it was his pep talk. And I thought he did a really good job with the pep talk. What I thought was a little wonky and maybe cringe was the acting choice because she was like all mopey and then like he finishes saying what he says and she like looks up at us all like happy like it was like you know like a switch turned on on her face and that didn't work for me it made it seem a little cringe um a little maybe derpy as uh demetria would say it was just it was too saccharinely sweet for me but I do enjoy them together, and I'm glad she got to the point to where she got to the point in this episode, because I just did not really want to have to deal with, like, mopey, it was all my fault that my cousin died, Allegra. Like, you know, the storyline, it was a storyline, and now we have moved forward, and I'm okay with that. Yes. Yeah, I wonder if this is one of those COVID quences, too. You know, they had to really yes, compress it was. the season. Uh, when you think about the first three episodes, they had to spend wrapping up last season. Then they spent all that time on the forces. And then it was a reduced run in this episode. And I know they, they you know, I, I'm wondering whether maybe it would have been more effective if they'd stretched this out over more time. Uh, but yeah, it, it was sort of like, oh, you know, last episode, you know, my uh, my my cousin or two episodes ago, my cousin died and turned to dust in my arms. And last episode, I'm just totally mopey and, and questioning everything And this episode. You know, uh, it, it was a good pep talk, but, you know, it, it wasn't Papa Joe pep talk. Uh, sure. But for her to immediately turn it around. Um, I also think that, you know, they, they sort of, you know, hinted at or not hinted at, but, you know, in the one episode, you know, sort of establishing the idea of, you know, uh, her powers are linked to her emotions and her feelings, which, by the way, is something that they've done in the Flash, something affecting, you know, uh, the Flash, the Wally West Flash. Uh, in the past. Uh, but again, I feel that that's something that they sort of, you know, threw away just to to speed things up and, and finish up the season. Uh, back on the bridge, uh, Joe and Kramer uh, try to save people when a Godspeed clone attacks Joe. Suddenly, Kramer speeds him away, saving his life, much to both of their surprise. Uh, and Kramer collapses once they reach safety. Later, we find out Kramer is a meta, as we speculated, but she has the meta power to mimic metas in her vicinity. She didn't realize it only kicks in in moments of extreme stress. This explains how she survived Adam's attack on the team by copying his meta power of essentially being immortal uh, and, uh, you know, using the Godspeed power uh, when uh, when Joe was threatened. At the end of the episode, she resigns from being chief of police and she seems to be a series rap. Dimitri. We've talked a lot about Kramer. Uh, you know, uh, what did you think of the Kramer reveal uh, and the way they seem to have wrapped up her story? It, it doesn't seem like we're going to see her next season, although we certainly could. Well, from the world of Twitter, I have a couple questions for you guys based on that. But 
<laughs> I would say I do. Uh, I did like sort of the the wrap up. It was something that we saw coming in that. Uh, I think, um, you know, she learned she's a meta and that she, you know, then is like, oh, well, I'm sorry for being such a douche at uh, metas. But uh, I do think that the, you know, mimicry ability was a bit of a surprise. I think we all thought she had the same power that her um, former friend had where, you know, she's like invulnerable or something. And I thought maybe she would be an ally when they go up against him. But uh, but the sort of, oh, she can mimic any uh, superhero's powers. Like, that's cool. You know, there's a reason so many people love Rogue. Like, um, that's, a, that's a cool power. And I, I do think there's more to explore with her. Speaking of Kramer from the Twitterverse, I'm going to throw a few scandals into the mix. So many, many, many people have... Uh, mentioned on on twitter that they feel they saw strong sparks fly between joe and kramer and that they oh. saw strong uh, sparks fly between august and cecile uh. my co-host thoughts Absolutely ridiculous. This is why I've said before, and I'll say it again, social media, if social media, if, if they hadn't destroyed the American electoral system, if it hadn't led to you know widespread distrust of authority, the very fact that they could suggest something like that indicates why Twitter should be shut down immediately. They think, yeah. they think yeah. Cecile wants to bang August? No. I, I and Joe say. does not want to bang no damn Kramer. I will say I noticed the lingering stare with Joe and Kramer. Oh I didn't my see it god! With Cecile uh, in August, but then this was many off. many times on my timeline. People were like, so Joe and Kramer, Cecile in August, and I was just like, oh, okay. I'm just since it seemed to be such a popular idea, I don't really want it to happen. I love Joe and Cecile, but it did seem to be sort of taking over the airwaves for a little bit. So. I just figured I'd get you to stake on it. Absolute nonsense. And in fact, later in the episode, we even have the hint of uh, Joe and Cecile finally making things legal. Can I just uh, say, which, I, uh, I always thought they were married. <laughs> like I, I did I, too. In the so did of, I. I mean, I thought I'd forgotten the bastard. Oh my God. Yeah. It's in- that, that long forgotten baby who is, is rapidly becoming uh, Richie Cunningham's older brother who went upstairs after season one of happy days and never came down. Probably a teenager um, now. Anyway, the team of speedsters faces off against the Warring Godspeeds, and we get to see some unique Speed Force tricks from Nora and Bart. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, Speed Force Nora is a battery, and the Godspeeds almost instantly recharge, so Big Nora has to peace out, and Allegra pieces in with Chester's C device, which does take down the Godspeeds. Now, a lot happened in there. Uh, so let's pause for a moment. Jeff, uh, you know, what did you, uh, Dimitri's already talked about, uh, you know, the fight scenes weren't talk no jitsu, thankfully. Uh, what did you think about the first fight scene? The, the Lash's visual effects team was clearly trying to jazz up the speedster versus speedster violence. It wasn't what we've seen in previous seasons, which is just, hey, let's run really fast. Very true. I loved the electrical shooting stars. Very cool. The electrical lasso. Uh, I'm sure Dreamer over on Supergirl is hella jelly because that was really cool. And then when they turned Uncle Jane to Kung Lao from Mortal Kombat, I didn't know I needed that in my life, but it was fantastic. Uh, I thought the fight was really well done. Uh, you know, even Iris, she was suited up. The internet probably hated that. Uh, maybe Demetri can fill us in on that a little bit later. They usually hate when Iris uh, it suits up. But um, she did her little thing. Barry did his little thing. Like, everyone got the chance to shine in the fight. And then, appropriately enough... It wasn't enough because, you know, it, it isn't like 10 minutes before the episode is, is going to end. So they, they had to do more stuff. So they were going to recharge and all that kind of stuff. Can I rewind for half a second and talk about Nora with Nora? So big Nora, little Nora. Not to steal some of Dimitri's energy, but that was so cringe to me like she was like oh my god it's big nor and i call you big nor and you call me little nor and then when i first met you do you remember like i talked so fast and i wasn't even making any sense and she's like talking fast and she's not even making any sense like it was just it was cringe for me because like we didn't really need that in my mind like i, I didn't liked need it. it 
You liked it, Big uh, Nora, Little Nora. I absolutely liked it. It's it's. I think it's an important part of uh, of Excess's character that she is this you know enthusiastic, Excessive. bubbly character, oh. and also it sets up that uh, you know uh, you know sort of playing off. You know, we we have talked about the the Nora problem of of naming her that. Uh, so for her to have the idea of Big Nora and Little Nora, and then to have Bart come running in as SFN Speed Force Nana, I thought was delightful. Oh, that part I hated. Oh, so you hated because Speed Force Nana, but you liked um, XS being derpy? I liked XS being derpy. I think that's when her character is at her most charming. I think, you know, like, they, when she's sort of, like, almost just, like, stupid is what wore us out last season. But, like, her bubbly nature that we saw teased um, in, like, the few episodes before her, like, main season... I think was what got us excited about the character to start with. Um, Speed Force Nana, I just, I feel like I'm, I'm a broken record, but I'm like, settle on whether this is the Speed Force or whether this is Barry's mom. Because if it's not Barry's mom, why are they calling her Nana? But if she, if she is Barry's mom, how is she the Speed? It, that made no sense to me. I don't uh, disagree I, with you. And Jay's line of, you you look kind of familiar. And she's like, oh, I get that a lot. I actually did like that moment out of all the thought, moments. Yeah, that, that's fine. Okay, she looks the same. Like, cool. Um, you know, it would have been weird if Jay started, like, banging her out of nowhere. Like, the same well, way it's I'm weird when, like, Bart rolls that. in and he's like, Grandma, like, she's not your grandma. Uh, I don't know. Um, but I will clap back that I think a good portion of the internet loves to see Iris with speed. I think Jeff follows too many Snowberries um, who are just haters not worthy of our time. Oh, okay. Well, no, that's good to or, know. Or I've maybe only Jeff is trying to cloak the fact that he's secretly a Candace Patton hater, unlike Dimitri and I, who, of course, are not. That's funny. Jeff, Sean. Uh, unfortunately, the sea device is burned out and more Godspeeds are coming, so Barry and Iris decide to give August Hart the natural speed he demands. Uh, and he goes full evil, trying immediately to kill Barry. Surprise! But it turns out Iris and Nora were working on a surprise of their own, as Barry is saved by the timely arrival of his arch-nemesis, Thawne. I did not see that coming. I am so glad that nothing was spoiled for me, that I didn't see anything. Uh, it uh, took me totally by surprise. Uh, and it, it, it made sense, because as Barry said, he was sure Thawne wouldn't allow anyone else to kill him. So the two of them end up teaming up to take down Godspeed. Uh, Dimitri, were you as surprised as I was to see Thawne show up? And what did you think about the ensuing fight, which seemed eh, pretty Star Wars influenced? Yeah, um, the intro to Thawne, I too thought was a a great, great moment. Um, I, being on the West Coast, um, sort of get a lot of things spoiled um, just by opening Twitter before the episode starts. I have to, like, consciously make an effort not to look at it. Um, but uh, I do think I was very grateful that this was not one of the things spoiled because I did not see this coming at all. Um, and this was amazing, um, except for the fact that I looked up... Um, Thawne and Godspeed's sort of connection in the comics and that is even more mind-blowing um so actually I haven't ruled out the fact that they'll do that so um I'm gonna not say it on this podcast but I do think those characters do have a a rich history to pull from in the comics if uh, if we wanted to explore that relationship more but I think bringing God's uh, bringing Thawn back was awesome. It it lent such a ominous tone to the whole um, final fight because you're like, all right, I get that he's helping now for some reason, but he's obviously gonna do exactly what he did, which was turn on Barry the moment the fight was over. So that was strange. That was a uh, that moment was I guess a little bit predictable, but like. You know, it's Thawne, so we actually are afraid of this villain. And so it, I think it lent more gravitas to the whole fight. The fight definitely felt super ripped out of Star Wars, but I'm kind of okay with it. Um, I think I would have preferred if only Godspeed knew how to do that. 
and Barry had to just sort of duck the swords and maybe like, you know, um, punch him in the face or something after ducking a slash. Um, I think the fact that they were all just like, oh, yeah, speed lightsabers. We've had these the whole time. It's like, well, then why didn't you do that the whole time? We've been seeing like streaks of red be a whole fight when when you had like speed speed sabers like i could have used more speed saber fights but uh but either way i was here for it i was here for godspeed being kind of a dual wield i do think he went down a little too easy um it it sort of seemed like you know he was fighting uh barry and then like we didn't see thawne for a moment and then thawne won um but even so i was it was a cool fight uh, Jeff, what did you think of the fight? I thought it was cool. It was uh, visually impressive. Like we've talked to death about Takno Jitsu and how tired we are of it. I'm glad we didn't get it. You know, I, I was rooting for um, Amnesiac August Heart, but once he became Godspeed, he had to be taken down. Although he's down, but not out because he's just imprisoned somewhere. So that means he can return at some point. I thought the fight, even though it was visually impressive, and I understood why they brought Thawne in, because Thawne was going to kill, and I'm using that in air quotes, August Heart, because Barry cannot kill, and I'm using that in air quotes, because everybody else has to kill. Barry, you know, has to be innocent and pure, because he's a hero. Um, I'm saying that with a whole lot of shade in my voice. Iris could have done it. I know, she's killed before. She's a killer. Um... My whole thing is, is that the fight really is a rock, paper, scissor type of situation. Okay, so Barry has to call in August Heart. I mean, Barry has to call in Reverse Flash to kill August Heart because Barry can't kill August Heart because Godspeed is too powerful for him. But yet Barry can take down Reverse Flash, and it was Reverse Flash who took down August Heart? Like, that was... At the end of it, if I start thinking about it, I'm like, so then why did he need Reverse Flash outside of the Fantastic well, Surprise no, it's, cameo? it's because it took Barry and Thawne working together to take down Godspeed. So one-on-one, Barry is faster than Thawne, but Godspeed is faster than either Thawne or Barry. But fighting two of them, uh, Barry was able to distract Godspeed long enough for Thawne to, uh, to stab him. Okay, okay. I like that explanation, because in my mind I was like, isn't this rock, paper, scissor? Like, it was just, okay, your analysis makes even more sense. So that, okay. But but as both of you said, Reverse Flash, huge surprise for me. I did not think we were going to get Tom Cavanaugh again. Um, And I usually, if I don't get it spoiled from online or even an article or or something like that, usually the credits spoil it for me. And uh, for whatever reason... I don't ever pay attention to the credits, but whenever there's a guest star, I immediately my eye like zooms in on the credits, and it's like, oh, okay, well, I guess that person's going to show up later. But I, I didn't get spoiled by the credits either, so uh, it was a huge surprise. I did like how ominous, you know, was left, like, oh, you know, we'll see each other again, and, and that sort of thing, because clearly, you know, he will be the biggest bad of all the bads that ever batted uh, whenever the series decides to end, so... That was kind of nice. I'll be honest, I don't remember the last time that we saw Thawne. So their whole uh, exposition of, well, you had to get him from here, you had to get him from there, you had to find him. Like, we couldn't find him. Like, I was like, okay, I guess. Um, sure. I think the last time we saw him, he was like in prison in the future with Nora. Was that the last time? Oh, no. It was when he no, killed he Nora. When, when Nora, not he killed Nora, but when Nora was erased from the future, he escaped. That was the last time we saw him, right? Um, the last time I remember seeing him was, uh, you know, was Barry let him go. I think it was after, you know, they helped him out in some way, whether it was the Nora thing or whether it was, might've been something related to, to Christ or what, for some reason, I think it was related to one of the crossovers. Okay. Maybe. Okay. I do remember something like that, but I don't remember if that was before. Yeah. I don't remember if that's the last time, but I think it was the time that uh, Kavanaugh said to him, you know, who knows when we'll meet again or what face I'll wear. Uh, but, um, but no, uh, okay, I do yes. like the fact that you know, yeah. they sort of have settled on Tom Cavanaugh as being the the Earth on, and uh, and and you know it does give us the possibility of, of bringing Cavanaugh back, uh, you know, in that capacity going forward. And it seems that you know as long as uh, he's willing to do that, you know, it, it's it's always nice a to have Thon because he is you know 
your arch enemy. And it's, it's great to see, you know, Tom Cavanaugh working again because it's been literally weeks since we saw him on the show. Yes, so long. Um, so, uh, so the, the team uh, gets back together and uh, after they split up, uh, Barry and Iris, uh, Barry reproposes to Iris, suggesting a renewal of their vows. This, again, speaking of things being spoiled, the photos for this week's episode made it pretty clear there was going to be a renewal of vows coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, Jeff, how did you like Barry's reproposal, uh, particularly given that their original wedding was spoiled by Oliver and Felicity glomming onto their special day? <laughs> Which I will say the fandom hates so much. And I know that Dimitri can attest to that. The, the internet, in, especially on Twitter, hated the double wedding situation from many, many moons ago. Uh, okay, the reproposal, adorable. Yes, the images spoiled. What well, spoiled the wedding? But it spoiled that Bart was alive. I mean, not that we thought Bart was gonna die or something like that, but he was left in a very dire and precarious situation at the end of part one and at the start of part two. That the photos completely spoiled all of that. Although it was a nice COVID compliant. Uh, vow renewal. It, it was beautiful. I thought the whole thing was was just. It was nice. It was a bit of a love letter to the fans because Barry and Iris have been married for a couple of seasons now, but they never got that moment on the show, like their moment for themselves. Like we saw a lot of the build up. Remember the bachelorette party and all, and the bachelor party and all that kind of stuff. And then it was kind of like a makeshift wedding. And so a lot of the fans really uh, found that to be a cheap way for them to get married. And so doing the vow renewal I thought was really nice. Um, we didn't get answers to what's going on with Iris as far as that sort of thing. I thought for whatever reason we were going to get uh, at the tail end of the episode an oops, you know, I'm pregnant or something. Uh, we didn't get that. So... Uh, so this was uh, equally as nice. It was also nice that as Barry is going in for the, uh, you know, uh, before he you know, drops down to one knee to uh, to repropose, you know, he, he has the line that, you know, marrying you is the smartest thing I've ever done. And Iris is damn straight, uh, mm-hmm. which I thought was that sort of delightful. You know, those two really do have a great chemistry. They feel like, you know, not an old married couple, but a young married couple that, you know, still clearly, you know, uh, in love with each other. And, and I think that, you know, when they do that, you know, West Allen can be, you know, such a, a refreshing breath of fresh air. Uh, so the season wraps with a wedding, uh, technically a renewal of vows. Almost everyone was there. There were some lovely speeches, a very significant glance between Cecile and Joe. Uh, come on, Joe, lock that down. Uh, and Bart sang a song for his parents, which astonished me. I had no idea Jordan Fisher could sing that well. Oh, he um, we yeah. knew Grant Gustin could, but apparently his genes uh, are passed on to uh, to Bart as well. Uh, and the episode ends with Barry and Iris kissing in flash time so Barry can make the moment last. Dimitri, what did you think of the scene and how did it work to wrap up the season? It was a beautiful, beautiful scene. I think this is something the fans have clamored for for a while and it's nice to see the writers sort of listening to the fans and being like, yeah, that was cheap. I'm I'm assuming the original wedding was done for, like, budgetary reasons. They just didn't want to film a huge wedding scene. Um, and this was, this was nice. You know, this was obviously, it's not sort of the size that you would expect for a wedding, but this was, you know, very intimate. Um, I think uh, Keenan Lonsdale tweeted that he was asked to be in the finale, but because of COVID, they couldn't make schedules work. Um, so uh, it would have been nice to see Wally there. But otherwise, we saw most everybody there. I love that Cisco was officiating. I felt like that was almost a better send-off for him than the uh, send-off episode that they had. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, Bart's voice, oh, my God, I... I'm just like if 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 he could sing like that, like what? Why are you acting? Like why aren't you at the top of all the charts? Like this—that's something um, I've always wondered with Jordan Fisher, because I, I don't understand it. Because he has some bops, like he has some really good songs out, but I think it's just the marketing. He also does uh, Broadway. He's been in Hamilton, I believe he was in Dear Evan Hansen, and I think he's returning to that in the fall once Broadway opens up again. I'm I co-sign with you. I'm always surprised that he isn't really at like the top of the charts. 
Whew. Well, that's one career that I need to start following. Um, but yeah, seeing uh, Barry and Iris, and also I think sort of centering their love, which has kind of taken a back seat um, for all the other storylines, which frequently happens on these shows. It's like um, two people sort of like fall, like they have like a long journey to like getting together. Then when they get together, um, especially after they're married, like that relationship sort of takes a back burner and like you're sort of following all these other stories instead. Um, but I do think West Allen is like the professor said, uh, very refreshing and sort of, you know, highlights. Yeah. That these are, you know, this is a young couple, like, uh, um, they, they sort of go into like old parent mode around their kids. So it's nice to sort of bring them back to like, you know, just the West Island chemistry, which has been so central to the show, literally from like scene one. Yeah, no, I agree. It was uh, it was a delightful scene. And, you know, just, yeah, it, it, some people might say it's, it's fan service, but hey, we're fans, you know, uh, you know, we're people, you know, we've watched 150 episodes of this and, you know, giving us a little payoff for that uh, is, is, is delightful. And, and there was some great stuff in there, you know, Cisco sort of narrating the process with the, the slightest sides and stuff like that was great. Uh, there was one line he said, and, uh, and Grant Gustin's reaction to it, uh, which was how Barry would have reacted. Uh, it was, was so natural. I really would love to go back and find out if it was an ad lib. It just, it felt so spontaneous, I know what you're talking uh, but about. they didn't immediately cut away after it. So I, I doubt that it was an ad lib, uh, but no, it was, it, it was delightful and, you know, and romantic and sweet. And honestly, you know, for all the COVID consequences and stuff like that, the fact that they were able to end the season on episode 150, um, you know, allowed them or 150, technically 151, I suppose, um, you know, it, it did allow them to end with, you know, that that really sweet ending. And yeah, I think, you know, under ordinary circumstances, we might have had the, uh, you know, the, the flash, you know, scream would have come up and then Thawne cackling somewhere or Godspeed doing whatever or a next season's villain. But I didn't mind that we didn't get that. I like the fact that they just had, you know what? It's, it's been a hell of a season. We're all very tired. Let's just have a happy ending and we'll see you in November. Um, so uh, before we get on to predictions for next season, speaking of November, uh, was there anything else in the episode that anyone wanted to mention? Any little moments or big moments or uh, things that, uh, that uh, we haven't talked about? Well, I didn't get a chance to talk about the final scene, so I just I just want to say I, I thought it was beautifully done as well. And uh, this series, out of all of the other superhero shows on the CW, they really have taken COVID protocols to like to task. Like we hadn't seen any sort of affection outside of a hug, uh, really, or an embrace from anybody on the show. Like, period. I'm trying to think, did even Chill Blaine... No, like, they didn't even kiss. So, like, no one kissed this season on the show. And to save all of that energy, basically, for, like, that moment where Barry and Iris... Because I was wondering, are they going to kiss? Like, this is their wedding. It's going to be a little strange if they just hug each other. Like, after their proposal, it was just a hug as opposed to a kiss. Uh, I'm glad that whatever it was, whether it was COVID protocols and trying to save it for the moment when they actually 100% needed to film a kiss, they saved it for the perfect time. The The Flashpoint kiss was beautiful, and it was great to see uh, both Barry and Iris showing affection on screen again. Uh, I feel like some of the romance was a little bit lacking this season because of COVID protocols. So, um, so I just wanted to add that because I, I thought that was a really nice moment for them. And it's good to know that even a Candace Patton hater like uh, Jeff can come around and enjoy that final scene. Exactly. So now it's time for predictions for next season. Uh, I'm just going to open this to the floor. Does anyone have any predictions? I'm just going to jump in here. I think we do have to get some explanation for what was going on with Iris phasing in and out of time and her eyes glowing green uh, in that one scene. And again, in a longer season, if it hadn't been reduced, maybe that would have been dealt with this season. But I do think that's uh, one of those things that's up there hanging. Personally, I would love it if we got, uh, you know, uh, Iris and, or not Iris, uh, if we got Nora and Bart hanging around or at least coming back. 
Uh, I think the two of them are great. Uh, they've got a great dynamic with each other. I, I like the, the dynamic with the parents and uh, they're a breath of fresh air whenever they come in. So certainly I would like to see them back, if not series regulars, probably not series regulars, but I would certainly love to see them drop in from time to time. I don't think we're done with Kramer. So I think we have like a dangling thread with her because she is so connected with the CCPD. And even though she showed up at the end and she's like, well, I'm taking a leave of absence and this, that, or the other. And uh, I I don't think we're fully done with her. Um, I I could see her sticking around for a couple of episodes just to end, put like a little stamp on her journey. Uh, We do have the question of what Papa Joe is going to do. Is he going to be a PI? Is he going to return to CCPD? Are we going to get maybe some sort of BLM type of situation where he wants to do some stuff outside of, you know, the actual, you know, um, law enforcement apparatus that's there in uh, Central City? We'll have to wait and see, but that's something that I do want to see. Uh, Since we got the little teaser at the end, I need a Papa Joe and Cecile wedding and uh, i hope that it is done once you know covid restrictions are a little looser so that we can actually have you know a whole bunch of returning people like people that care about these characters come back for that wedding uh i would assume that they would probably save it maybe for like the season finale or towards the end of a season but uh, I do want a wedding for them, and, and I would love to see Wally again. Uh, I, I completely understand, and, and I read the whole Keenan Lonsdale thing that he was asked back, but because he was filming something else or he had another project, he just couldn't make it back in time to do the two-week quarantine in, um, in Canada. So that's why he couldn't do it, but uh, definitely they're going to need Wally West back for that as well. As far as any villains, that's something I don't know. Um, what, who was the villain that they, may, that they mentioned before? I think Red Death is a villain that they've mentioned by name on the show, but we haven't seen. I think that's the only one that they've mentioned that we haven't seen. And, and typically whenever they mention somebody in the past, like Godspeed, um, I can't remember who else was sort of like casually name-dropped once when they went into the future, but they've mentioned villains in the past and they end up showing up. I think that's the only one that hasn't shown up yet. Um, and then we have that five-part... It sounds like it's a five-part, not just like five-episode crossover event or returning favorites event that's going to kick off the season. I just want to put this out there. I need some Black Lightning people to show up. It, I mean, Black Lightning himself, it, wonderful, but some of the side characters, sidekicks, Thunder, Lightning, uh, maybe even Painkiller, come on over and have some fun in Central City. Uh, Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, I've read a couple of interviews with Eric Wallace, and he's really hyped up about it. He's like, you know, returning favorites from the Arrowverse. So that means anybody from any of the shows could potentially join for that. And I I feel like there could be some interesting uh, choices. So... uh, I am excited for it. So I, I don't know what it could be. I don't have any theories about it, but um, I'm, I'm hyped for it. Dimitri, any hopes or predictions for next season? Um, I'm hoping we see uh, we see the the kids back as well. I think they brought a great um, sort of energy to the show. Um, beyond that, I... I am not sure, but I do also really want to see Cress Williams on the show. Um, I think, you know, we potentially might have had a moment for uh, Black Lightning and The Flash to interact on uh, the Black Lightning final season. But because of of COVID, we didn't see those two characters actually interact. So um, I'm hoping that we, we get our sort of payoff here. Um, I think a lot of the fans were sort of clamoring for um, Thunder and Iris to meet as well. Um, so that would be very cool. Uh, yeah, I'd say, I'd say there's. Uh, other than that, I'm I'm not remembering who Red Death is, Jeff. Um, oh, it was just mentioned. It was. I don't know if they went to the future or something, or a future character was like the Red Death. Um, it is a, a Flash villain, if I'm not mistaken. So it was one of those lines that was just mentioned a season or two ago, but it hasn't happened yet. So um, I'm thinking that it's going to have to pay off at some point. 
Fair enough. And um, the big question, what's going on with Iris? I don't think anyone's mentioned that yet, unless I... I did. Okay, well, just a cosign. What is going on with her? She's pregnant, obviously. I, I do anticipate we'll see a Iris pregnancy. Uh, I wonder if we'll see Black Flash. That's a character that I'm wondering if they'll... It feels like they have to bring into the show at some point. So um, I'm wondering if we will see uh, that character. Can I can I just take a moment to throw some shade uh, at one moment in this finale that I absolutely hated? Let's do it. I suspect you're going to, regardless of what I say. So go I know, right? Thank you, thank you. Um, so I do not speak Punjabi, but I almost always watch shows with captions just so I don't miss anything that the characters say, and the Caption confirms that he was speaking Punjabi. Bad enough you had a brown supervillain again. You literally had him switch to Punjabi to summon his minions? Really? That had to happen? Also, he speaks Punjabi at other points during the episode, and apparently Barry understands him fine, which is... That's new. But you literally (laughs) had him speak Punjabi to summon the other Godspeeds. Like, what are you doing, Flash? Uh, Flash the TV show, not Flash the character. Can I just say something that I did not understand? So all of those were a piece of him, even though they were kind of like drones. Like, I was... They sort of glossed over that. But I thought that was very strange. Yeah, it, it, you gotta do a little hand-waving yeah. here. Uh, um, wait, can I do a little fun fact? Apparently there were only six men, stunt people, dressed up as Godspeed. And all of them, none of them were CGI, so they, like, shot them, you know, in different locations of, you know, the location they were filming to make it seem like they had, you know, many more than just the six. I thought that was really neat. Yeah, it was it was a good job of, of you know, dealing with uh, the COVID, uh, you know, situation uh, creatively. Uh, just one final prediction or hope for next season. Um, I don't know what's going to happen uh, with the end of Supergirl. Um, you know, we've speculated about that over on the Supergirl podcast. Uh, but I would really love to see just a team up of uh, uh, Barry and Kara uh, one last time. Not a big oh, yeah. one where they have to share the screen with all the others. Um, you know, those two together, they're just a delight. Um, and I would love to, I hope that, you know, however the, uh, the Supergirl story resolves itself, uh, they find a way for, uh, for, uh, for Barry and Kara, Kara to come together, uh, one more time. If they sing, that would be great. If they don't sing, that would be equally great. Yes. Do we think the next season is the final season? Cause at the moment, Grant Gustin and, uh, who was it? Jesse L. Martin, Danielle Panabaker and Candace Patton, they all signed up. For the additional season. Grant Gustin, I think, already had a contract for season eight, but the other three, they had to recently re-up for season eight. Do we think the next season could be the last? Do we think that they they could go on past season eight? Uh, yeah, I, I am curious about that because there are a lot of rumblings online. People are, you know, curious. Is it going to be the last season? Because, you know, the four main people are up next season and uh, as you continue to do a series you know later seasons and that sort of thing it becomes a little bit more expensive because the cast becomes more expensive you know you get more money the more seasons you do if it is going to be the last season i just hope they find out about it early enough that they can write a satisfying end of the season um so they don't run into the sort of you know black lightning situation where you know they find out midway through production and, you know, are just trying to wrap up all the loose storylines. So if it is, I think eight seasons, hey, if you make it eight seasons, congratulations, you've, you've, you've done something spectacular. Um, uh, I do wonder whether they're chasing diminishing returns to, to keep going. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just hope that they know what, well in advance enough uh, so that they have, you know, uh, and maybe that was the idea behind, you know, uh, or part of the idea behind reintroducing Thawne. Just to remind us, oh, yeah, Thon's out there. So, you know, if we are looking for a way to end this, uh, you know, you, you have to expect that Thon would play some role in that. Definitely. Yeah, my hope. Yeah, I share the same hopes, Professor. And also, I would think that because I think the, the Flash is still at least the top rated superhero show. Like, you would think they would give them the luxury of of knowing ahead of time. Like, you know, we all loved Black Lightning, but let's be real. I mean, it wasn't a ratings wonder. So you would think that a series that's actually a ratings wonder for the network, 
for all these years that they would, you know, at least give them the common courtesy to let them know a few months ahead of time so that they can wrap things up. One could hope. It's time for the MVP. The most valuable player state, which character impressed you throughout the episode and why? Once a character has been chosen, they cannot be selected again. So, Dimitri, choose wisely. Who is your MVP? I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to give it to Candace Patton. Because um, I do think uh, she put a little something extra into these, uh, like, the sort of cutesy moments between her and Barry, um, how she reacts to the proposal, and then her reaction when he sort of brings everything into flash time. I thought that was really sort of sweet and um, yet not overacted and sort of um, was just a nice bow on top of this, um, you know, much-anticipated, much-desired finale. Jeff, who is your MVP? I'm giving it to Godspeed, August Hart, uh, the heart of the matter. Uh, I enjoyed uh, the actor's characterization of both August Hart, the amnesiac, as well as Godspeed. Uh, he was ridiculously over the top, ridiculously maniacally evil, but it was refreshing because, you know, this was the type of character that could not be talked down. Which you know led us into a really interesting fight sequence. So I'll give it to the God of Speed. Wow, I really didn't think I was going to be stuck in the situation where I have my two choices, neither of whom were chosen. Uh, so I'm obviously going to cheat and say that uh, it was great to see Carlos Valdez again. He was obviously having fun. He got some great lines, and it, it's just a reminder you had to have him back for the 150th episode. Uh, and he was a goddamn delight. But come on, the MVP has to be Bart. Uh, that song alone, leave aside everything else he did, uh, his, his, uh, talking to his dad when his dad says something with crash. No, when you say it, it just sounds wrong. He was just, uh, as, uh, Demetrius said, the, the kid was the kid, he's not that young, but you know, he, he really provided that, that new energy, that life, that, uh, that joy, uh, that the show has often lacked and, and certainly was lacking in the first half of the season. Uh, so he is my MVP and I certainly hope we see more of it. Okay, well, how would you rate the episode on a scale of 1 to 10 lightning bolts? The point system is allowed. If you found the episode exceptional, deserving of more than a 10, you may archive the episode in the Flash Museum. Jeff, how would you rate this episode? I'm actually archiving it in the Flash Museum. I might have nitpicked a little bit, uh, some things in the episode, but overall it was a fun hour. It, I was on the edge of my seat. There were some surprises. There was a happy ending. I mean, let's be real. This could have been a series finale uh, with how it ended. But they they did a great job of closing out a questionable season. We'll get into letter grade in a moment. But for me, it was a good end to this four-episode Godspeed arc, which this arc was the highlight of the season for me. I, I thought they did a great job of celebrating 150 episodes, the returns, the callbacks, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it made me fall in love with The Flash again. So I'm archiving it. It is a very rewatchable episode. Uh, Dimitri, how would you rate the episode? I'm putting it in the Flash Museum as well. It was a very nice episode. The season, not so much, but this episode was great. I think, you know, the con the combination of, you know, Godspeed being a pretty menacing villain, the reintroduction of Thawne, and then the renewal of vows that we've been wanting to see for so long. Um, like uh, Jeff said, I have nitpicks too, but... Um, you you can't not put this in the Flash Museum. This was this was uh, definitely an episode to remember. Oh, so Dimitri's saying I can't not put it in the Flash Museum. Well, guess what, Dimitri? I'm going to put it in the Flash Museum because I am like Putty and uh, I give into social pressure. But no, you guys are right. It, it was a delightful, you know, it was a great 150th episode. It was fan service, but it was delightful. The special effects were great. It wasn't talk no jitsu. Um, uh, you know, we did have that that great, you know, just a sweet romantic ending. Uh, there was plenty of humor. Um, it, it may not have been a perfect episode. There have been better episodes of Flash. But, you know, spoiler alert, we're going to talk about the whole season in a moment. Given what we were talking about this show five or six episodes ago, uh, it was amazing that they ended it as strongly as they did. Uh, and that means it's time to grade the season. Uh, give it a letter grade, A, B, C, D, or F. Pluses and minuses are allowed. 
Uh, and we do have to take into account the whole season. The Mirror Master or the Mirror Mistress, uh, the first three episodes, uh, the, the Dark Times that were the Forces Saga, and then the recovery at the end with Godspeed. Uh, it's it's a, a tough business. Um, I'll go first because, uh, you know, it's probably not fair to uh, to force anyone else to go first. Overall, even though it ended very strong, got to give it a B minus. Um, just the forces dragged down. I didn't hate it, hate the forces saga as much as I think Jeff and Dimitri, certainly Dimitri did. I thought that it was an interesting idea that they were tackling. I just didn't think they did it particularly well. Um, but, uh, yeah, overall, uh, there were fewer spectacular highs and, and more lows, uh, this season than in previous seasons. So yeah, I'm going to give it a B minus Jeff. How would you rate the season or grade the season? I should say. Oh God. Okay. So I'm a Gemini. So I went back and forth in my head a, a lot about this and, uh, part of me was going to give it a B minus, but the other side won. And I'm giving it a C plus. And it, it hurts me to say it, to be quite honest, because I enjoy The Flash a lot. But if I'm going to be truthful, this was not the best season at, at all. And I just got a cosign with the woof. Um, it, it just wasn't. Uh, and I completely understand and am compassionate that they are filming a series in a world... Uh, you know, with, with COVID, you know, they have COVID protocols. Unfortunately, their season last season was was not complete. So they had to or they felt they had to, you know, take three episodes to wrap that up. Some of that momentum just didn't translate at the start of this season. Then they had the forces thing. And while I enjoyed the actors, I thought all of the actors that were involved, the new cast that was involved in the Forces Saga was really good, and I was invested in them. I wasn't really invested in the story. And so the Forces storyline was, you know, a blemish on this season. Then we had sort of like an interlude in the middle that was highlighting different characters, Cisco's Goodbye, Cecile, Allegra, etc. Some of that worked for me, some of it not as much, but we ended incredibly strong with Godspeed. Um, Papa Joe got something to do this season, which I, I enjoyed. Uh, maybe the storyline was a little questionable, but uh, I'm glad that he got something to do. I feel like everybody, all of the characters, really got something to do. And maybe it was because of COVID, because they couldn't do big sequences with everybody in the scene. So they kind of paired off characters for episodes, and some characters disappeared for, uh, for a couple episodes, and they returned and that sort of thing. So maybe some of the COVID stuff was beneficial because we got to really get to know some of the new team members this season, whether you like them or not. We at least got the chance to get to know them so that was a positive but some of just the the ick from some of the the episodes the the cringiness the weird choices and that sort of thing really brought the season down so um unfortunately it hurts but if i'm going to be honest it's a c plus from me dimitri what is your grade for the season C plus, and honestly, it was lower. I, I think I'm giving a lot of points to that beautiful finale. But um, yeah, no, this is this is the season where this is the one season where I've been like, do I want to keep watching this show? Um, I think this Forces saga was so bad, which was a shame because Forza sounds like a very interesting character, and <laughs> I, I was much more intrigued after sort of like looking into her in the comics and seeing how they were going to introduce her. I was super intrigued at how, you know, she was going to play out in the, in the series, but it was such a disappointment. All the forces were, um, just such an idiotic storyline. Um, and the, the mirror, the mirror sort of saga, I was kind of meh on. Um, so yeah, uh, I, f I feel like I was leaning more towards a D, but I'm I'm giving it a, a C plus, largely because this final saga was very entertaining. And on that note, we'd like to thank everyone for joining us these past 18 episodes. Here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments? or concerns? 
Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for the Central City Citizen and subscribe. Thanks, Nouser, my co-host, for the final time this season. Please wish the listeners a good night, starting with Dimitri. Good night, Central City. And Jeff. Good night, listeners. Good night, Central City. Enjoy the hiatus, and uh, we will return at some point. Thanks for tuning in. From all of us here at the Central City Citizen, we wish you a good night. <laughs>